And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host... Brader Later. Hey, guys. And today's episode is going to be called I Hate Michael Rappaport. And the reason why it's going to be called I Hate Michael Rappaport is because I absolutely fucking hate, I despise Michael Rappaport. And we're talking about the lame, uh, half-assed B-movie actor that uh, is only only became an actor and only got into entertainment because of who his uh, family were. His, his, his you know, his, his uh, stepfather owned a comedy club and his mother was involved in entertainment. And, and that's really the only reason why he got his start. He had an influence. Um, he was, he tried to stand up comedy. He was a shit stand up comic. And so now, you know, he was so shitty at, at being a stand up comedian that he decided to become a very shitty actor. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So now I was excited. I was extremely excited when to find out because my favorite podcast right now, I mean, I love to listen to Joe Rogan, but my favorite podcast right now and has been for, for a long time now is WATP. Who are these podcasts with, with uh, Carl as the host? And I was so excited when I found out that he, and I guess Doug from, Doug loves movies or whatever the hell his, his podcast is called that they were going to do a review of Michael Rappaport's I am Rappaport um, podcast. And I was extremely excited about it. I, I was like, Oh my God, they're going to really roast this guy. Good. Come to find out. I, I mean, all out of all the episodes I've ever listened to when they do a review, they either go brutal or really scorched or scorched earth brutal. They they don't they don't pussyfoot around. Um, th- Carl did everything. Carl the host a- and even even uh, oh uh, Doug the the uh, I think his name is Doug the the uh, co-host. They did everything besides get down and suck Michael Rappaport's dick. Everything but they kissed his ass till it was black and blue. And the, the crazy part was not only did they not only did they love the guy, not only did they think he's funny, not only did they love his podcast, and not only did they make it a, a love fest when they were talking about his podcast, they loved all the things that everybody else hates about this guy. That he's obnoxious, that he's a prick, that he's that he's that he talks a lot of shit, that he talks about sports. He doesn't know a goddamn thing about sports. Yes, he talks a lot of, about sports. He doesn't know a goddamn thing about politics. But he talks a lot about politics. All the bullshit that everybody and, and all the bullshit that everybody hates about this guy is the one thing that they loved about him. And they they they, they loved all the all the shit that everybody else hates. And uh, it was shocking. It really was shocking. I thought they were going to roast him. I thought he was going to be he was there wasn't going to be anything left of him after that episode. And uh, man, much much to my surprise, much to my chagrin. Uh, they it was like I said it was an ass kiss fest. Shocking! I I, I had no idea it was going to go that way. I've never seen one of their episodes go like that before, so I was definitely not expecting. I was definitely caught off guard. What a shame! I I couldn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to most of it, but I couldn't listen to the whole thing. I just couldn't do it. It was it was brutal. So, <laughs> that being said, I guess life throws you for curveballs. And they were really, really surprised that he had so many one-star reviews. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. 
Of course he's got one star reviews. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. People, he's one of those people that people listen to so they can hate him. They love to hate him. You know, back in the 80s, there was a, oh, uh, Larry Hagman from Idrium of Genie played in a show called Dallas. And uh, his name was J.R., you know, Junior, basically. His name was J.R. Ewing. And uh, he was on Dallas. And it was like a nighttime soap opera. And one of the things they talked about is how much people love to hate J.R., they loved to hate the guy. He was so despicable. His character was so despicable. They absolutely loved to hate him. That's why he was so popular. And I think it's got to be something similar with with uh, with with uh, with Michael Rappaport. I think people hate him so goddamn bad that they listen to him just so that they can hate his guts. But that's why he still gets the one star reviews. I think to the point about Carl uh, seemingly having a weird affinity for him, I think that uh, goes ever more to our point about him just probably being a troll and not being able to really delineate past that, you know? Right. A lot of things. I mean, if he likes the king troll, then uh, that doesn't dawn that well, or that doesn't bode that well for him. When you love somebody for all the things that everybody else hates them for, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It, just, it means you need to get your fucking priorities right. But both of them love the guy. Absolutely love him. They couldn't say enough good good things about him. Um, fortunately, we were gonna have some. We have a clip from uh, Revenge of the Sis, and, and they have a more. They their take on on uh, Michael Rappaport is more in line with my take. So I look forward to coming to that. Let's go to the first clip, and it's from the movie Kiss of Death. Which is a remake of a of a of an old movie, but it's about gangsters, and uh, it's Nicolas Cage, and it's my favorite Michael Rappaport scene out of all the movies. Clean up their own backyard. Clean up their own back yard. Did you hear that? I can't make it down. I can't make it down. 
Okay, so you guys couldn't see it. I don't know, and there, I'm sure there's plenty of people out here that hasn't seen the movie uh, Kiss of Death. Uh, it stars uh, Nicolas Cage. It's Ving Rhames. Um, oh, it's that redheaded weasel that played in uh, that plays Kane something on uh, one of the CSI shows. It's him, um, and it's Michael Rappaport and some and several other actors. And uh, so basically, what happened was the redheaded guy set up Michael Rappaport to look like he was the snitch when actually it was it was uh, the redheaded guy, and uh, he let. Uh, he he because he had killed uh, Helen Hunt, which played the wife of the redheaded guy, and uh, so you know, of course, uh, Nicholas Cage's character decides to you know take it care of it the way a gangster would take care of it, and he goes to the uh, the uh, chop shop, you know, where they take stolen cars and they they change out the parts and all that. Uh, he goes there and he he calls the guy into the office in the front. And uh, gets him in there, and they they're all dressed up in slickers, like they're like he said, like the Gordon Fisherman, and and uh, they all hold him down while Nicolas Cage just beats him to death. Now I was gonna, you know, I fortunately for me, um, Biter later was playing the uh, the clip. I sent him the clip to play because I, I get too aroused when I watch this clip. That's how much I fucking hate Michael Rappaport. That's my favorite Michael Rappaport scene. My favorite all time. That's the best scene he's ever played in. In his entire career, <clears throat> is where he gets he gets uh, beat to death. It's wonderful. Yeah, well, beautiful scene. Yeah, I, the the number one comment on it said, uh, you know, he was really built for this role. Which <laughs> I guess that really tells you everything you need to know. That uh, I guess uh, more I guess uh, pretty much everyone who watched it thought that you know somebody who's going to get the shit beat out of him. That's the guy. It's Michael Rappaport. Yeah, you know what? Me and my, and I've said this before. Me and Michael Michael Rappaport are basically the exact same age. I think he was born in March or April, and I'm, I was born in November, so of 1970. So we're we're essentially the same age, and I've hated him since the very first time I've seen him. He was in something called Zebrahead. Uh, he was in um, he was in a, some Spike Lee movies. Uh, Zebrahead, I think, came out in 1992, and, and me and all of my friends absolutely despised him from day one for decades i've hated this motherfucker for decades he makes my fucking skin crawl michael rapaport please stop telling people you're jewish you're a fucking disgrace shonda michael rapaport shonda shame on you you're a fucking disgrace you're an embarrassment stop saying say you're italian for god's sake what do they call they call italians uh, jews with better food say you're italian you fucking moron! You're a, you're a goddamn idiot. You know, we're, we're, Jews are known for their intelligence. Don't don't be the don't be the outlier that that shows that there's exceptions to the rule. You fucking asshole! All right. So anyway, at any rate, uh, so yeah, that was that was awesome. He got beat to death in that scene. Best 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 scene of his life. Best scene of his life. Um, he's always been a shit actor. He's always played in B movies. And uh, he, as Howard Stern said, he's the he's the favorite white guy choice for every every uh, Spike Lee movie or any any black. Um, actually, I don't. I believe it was. Um, oh, what's his name that did JFK? He was the one that produced this movie. Oh God, I'm forgetting it. Oh, well. Who's what's his name that, play, that produced JFK? Uh, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he's the one that produced uh, Zebra. Um, 
it just popped into my mind, but I can't think of his name. All right. So anyway, at any rate, uh, let's go to the, okay. So that was from the movie uh, Kiss of Death and uh, clean up their own backyard. That's Nicolas Cage beating Michael Rappaport to death. What an awesome scene. Okay. So the next clip is uh, Michael Rappaport spewing his nonsense about uh, the death of George Floyd. George Floyd, the, the young man that was murdered in broad daylight, broad daylight by four animals, ex-police officers. These are not police officers. These are fucking murderers. The guy says, I can't breathe. What the fuck else do you need? These guys are standing around uh, all casual while the guy's dying. You don't fucking bat an eye. That doesn't freak you out, you savage. And if there's no cell phone footage, then what? Then what happens? You make up some fucking bullshit. Uh, this woman in Central Park yesterday, the, 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 the young man in, in Georgia, every fucking day, 20 fucking 20. I can't fucking breathe. And these cocksuckers, they show up to court like they're on a fashion shoot. You kill people, rapists, pedophiles, school shooters, no marks. You beat up an old man in an old, in an old age home, no marks. And you fucking kill this guy in 2020. You're that fucking spooked out in 2020 by black people. That's what the fuck it is. You're scared of black people. We're in 20 fucking 20. And you fucking spooked the fuck out by black people. Because you never see a, a, a white cop in the middle of Manhattan choking to death a 42-year-old Jewish man. You'll never see that footage. That'll never happen. This fucking 2020. This fucking bullshit's going with all the fucking problems we got all around the world. You're killing motherfuckers in broad daylight. Lock these pieces of shit up under the jail and then execute them. Fucking standing around like it's like a, a Sunday afternoon stroll. Okay, so Michael Rappaport doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Number one, this guy was a criminal. He was in there with counterfeit money. He was high on drugs. And he was saying that he couldn't breathe before they even pulled him out of his own vehicle. What's one of the what's one of the side effects of fentanyl? You can't breathe. You have you have upper respiratory problems. So he was saying he couldn't breathe before they even put him on the ground. Why was he on the ground? Because they put him in the car and he started kicking the door and wouldn't let him close the door and was trying to kick the glass out of the door. So they had to pull him back out of the car and lay him on the ground and, and restrain him. What's one of the things in the manual, of, uh, one, of, one of the easy restraints to keep some, from hurting somebody and being able to keep them uh, immobilized? A knee to the back of the neck, knee to the side of the neck, not back of the neck, side of the neck. It's, it's part of the manual. Of course, uh, Derek Chauvin was a sacrificial lamb. And so everybody's screaming and rioting. And of course, they, 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 they sacrifice him. But he, he, didn't, he didn't do a goddamn thing wrong. He held the guy down. Uh, rough, right around the same time, some really big white kid uh, was was uh, laid down on the ground in the in the suburbs. Laid down on the ground in the grass in the median between the the curb and the and the sidewalk, and they kneeled on his back, and he died from suffocation. And the cops even laughed as they were putting him in the ambulance. Well, I, I hope we didn't end up killing that kid. And they were laughing. 
Did Michael Rappaport say anything about that? Does Michael Rappaport even know about it? Of course he doesn't, because he's just a blowhard dipshit that screams and yells at the top of his lungs. You know who Michael Rappaport is? Michael Rappaport is Sean King. That's who Michael Rappaport is. Michael Rappaport is Sean King, uh, except for Sean King lies and says he's half black. Uh, Michael Rappaport just likes to pretend like he's black. But he doesn't actually say he's black. That's the only difference. He's Sean King. He he he's uh, he's a justice, you know, and and of course, self-hating Jew, obviously, obviously, self-hating Jew. Oh, would this ever happen to a Jewish man in the in the, the middle of New York? I don't know. Has it? You tell me. Well, I think the difference between the the problem with that analogy or the problem with the that hypothetical is that uh, is there going to be a forty-two-year-old Jewish man who has a lethal dose of fentanyl in his body? Right, and fighting the police. Yeah, and and don't say you know Michael Rapport. Don't say that he wasn't fighting the police because you know that same cell uh, cell phone co uh, cell, cell phone uh, coverage that you're talking about the video. Uh, it has people on the sidewalk saying, "Stop fighting them, brother! Just get in the car. Stop fighting them." Yeah. Well, the other thing I found kind of really stupid is when he said the thing about uh, oh well police if you look at uh, like pedo white pedophiles i don't give a shit i'm like uh i don't know if you've ever heard anecdotes of cops who had to do with pedophiles but they're pretty fucking irate you know right they don't have any sympathy with a, any sort of pedophile uh uh because they are i guess they share the same skin toners or skin color i mean that's absolutely ridiculous that once again underscores he has no fucking clue what he's talking about he just says a bunch of stupid shit and he doesn't even care that it doesn't correspond to reality whatsoever yeah, everything everything about Michael Rappaport is about race. He 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 hates the fact that he's white. He hates the fact that he's Jewish, and he's just a shit talking fool that I have absolutely zero respect for. And as as uh, Revenge of the Sis talks about, he's always going around talking like he's a tough guy. Always going around talking like he's a tough guy. Uh, you know, more somebody needs to put their foot right up his ass. You know, uh, he's always going around acting like he's this badass. You're not a badass. You've never been a badass. You're you're, you're just a, some you're just some jackass that needs his fucking head slapped off. You need, you need put in your fucking place. I mean, God knows how many times he's got his ass kicked in his life. Had to have, had to have. You can't be this stupid and obnoxious. You can't be this goddamn ignorant and loud and and not get slapped around every once in a while. Just not possible. So anyway, uh, we have, but he's he's also a coward. We'll, we're going to talk about that in the future. We should have some more clips on that. But uh, yeah, so so basically, the guy had fentanyl in his system. He was held down. He suffocated to death because of the fentanyl. He overdosed, and that's the facts. Derek Chauvin was a sacrificial lamb, and this 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 clown is out there screaming and yelling at the top of his lungs about stuff that he has no idea about. But that's pretty much his mo. All right, clip three. La Stephen Crowder from Louder with Crowder making fun of Michael Rappaport's hatred of Clarence, uh, Clarence Thomas. Easy for me to say, huh? Michael Rappaport took to TikTok to uh, attack Justice Thomas in this idiotic, and you decide if it's racist, rant. He overturned Roe versus Wade, and the leader of the pack... Clarence Thomas, you handsy, can't say that for nothing, sexual harassing motherfucker, you, you creep, you creep. If you had gotten what you want 
from Anita Hill with your overtures and your sexual advancements. Never happened. And you had somehow, someway impregnated her. Right? Being married and all that, right? Mr. Judge, Mr. Supreme Court Judge. If you had impregnated an Anita Hill, what would you have done with that baby, you fucking worm, you? You would have aborted it. Logical fallacy. There we go. And you'd have paid the hush money because you're a creep. Sucker, you. Bunch of fake, phony motherfuckers out there. What would you have done with that baby, Clarence? Pubic hair, Clarence, you freak. You freaky little horny old dirty <laughs> breath. And I know your breath smells like old coffee, newspaper, and stale band-aids, you creepy kook, you. Just imagine if it were a white conservative saying that about a black uh, a black lady. Well, oh. Can you edit and go back and record on TikTok? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he has that button. Is it because coffee breath and band-aids was just the and that's in Brian? One way to he, go. He's pulling a Brian De Palma. He's done like forty-six takes before he uploaded that. Wow, yes. that's the best he could come up with. Exactly. Sounds like that's the snake eyes of Rappaport's Clarence Thomas insults. You was, poopy pants judge. You poopy pants judge. <laughs> and what would you have done with Anita Hill, huh? You would have aborted it. That's what they. Rather than addressing what it is that Clarence Tom, Judge Clarence Thomas said, yeah. it's make up a scenario. First off, you guys can go back and look at Anita Hill. The reason that people didn't believe it's like Brett Kavanaugh. People still act as though it was real. It wasn't. They tried to say that he was going to a CD porno store, which couldn't have possibly, it could not have possibly happened because it didn't exist when he lived in that locale. His great crime, when people consider sexual harassment, is something that makes me like him more, where he uh, had a, like a little uh, eyelash or something on his diet cocaine. So like, hey, who put the pubic hair in my diet cocaine? Nah, I'm just kidding. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> do, do we have the inside video on that where he's like, ah, ah. <laughs> ah just pull a deaf comedy jam, just a beat comes down. <laughs> musical intermission <laughs> seriously that was the big thing yeah. for people who don't know if you're you're younger you're watching that was that was you know where joe biden used the n-word in front of him and he just decided to everything was racially motivated with clarence thomas because like you saw with samuel jackson calling him uncle clarence these are actually racially motivated oh yeah insults fine if you want to do it let's just apply your own standards and i hope that you choke on them but i love that clarence thomas made a joke about someone short and curly being on his diet coke can <laughs> it just makes me want to party with thomas i completely agree i completely agree so you know he, he michael Rappaport talks about talks stuff out of his ass he has no idea what he's talking about He's decided that Clarence Thomas was guilty because Anita Hill, Anita Hill said so. And that's, you know, that's the level of his intelligence. That's a level of his knowledge. Somebody said so, so it's true. And why is he bringing this up? He's bringing this up because he disagrees. He thinks, he thinks that it's wonderful that, black pe that, that people are aborting babies. And I think it's what half of, and somebody quoted this, half of all black children are, are, are being aborted. Half. 50% of black people uh, when they're born are aborted. I think that's just uh, New York City. I think it's closer to a third in uh, the country. Could be. Could be. That's still, even if it's a third, that's shocking. Yeah. That's pretty goddamn shocking. So, but he doesn't seem to have a problem with that. And as far as cops just murdering black people, the same year that, uh, that George Floyd died, you know how many black people were, unarmed black men were killed by what cops? Nine. Nine black men, unarmed black men. Now, people say, well, that's nine, nine too many. I don't know. Is it? Is it? If you attack a cop and you try to take his gun away from him, 
let's say the 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 Michael Brown case where he, he attacked the cop. They proved with, through black witnesses and through ballistics and the angle of the bullet hitting him and the fingerprints on the inside of the the uh, the squad car. They proved that he attacked the cop. So he wasn't armed. You supposed to, since he's not armed, are you supposed to let him get your weapon? Or are you supposed to let him kill you because he's not armed? Yeah, well, I'm sure Michael Rappaport probably feels that way, or probably, probably. the way that uh, uh, Eric Brown or Brown did nothing wrong, and that he was killed uh, for no reason. Yeah, I would like to see Michael Rappaport go to jail. The only problem is, I think he would enjoy the gang rapes. <laughs> I really do. I think he would be everybody's sweetie, and I think he'd love every minute of it. All right, let's go to the next clip. The next clip is, let's see, clip four, celebrity family. So Michael Rappaport's family history. So we're going to talk about why Michael Rappaport was able to get into the entertainment industry in general. And uh, it's, it's you know, all these people, they should say, oh, look, I've done this, I've done that. Obviously, I'm talented. No, you're connected. You're connected. There's a big, not everybody that, that is in the entertainment industry is, is talented. Um Oh, uh, what's his name? That nine zero two one zero. His daughter. Oh crap! Spelling. What's that? Tori Spelling or something? Yeah, Tori Spelling. Her father, Aaron Spelling, is the one that created. He was he was a big uh, TV producer. He created all sorts of TV shows, and uh, he his daughter. He put his daughter in at at, a, at an extremely young age. He put his daughter as one of the stars of one of his main TV shows. So another horrible Jew who only got to famous for, I guess, their family connections. Well, I'm not going to frame it like that, but, but yeah, it was somebody, somebody connected. And uh, it's not, again, a lot of times in life, people say, well, look, I, you know, I've, I've had this, I've had that. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's not about ta- not about what you know, it's about who, you know, that's, that's why, uh, that's why, you know, there was all those scandals where, you know, the, the casting couch, you know, you you fuck you fuck the right person, you're all of a sudden you're a movie star. Okay, so let's go ahead and run the next clip, uh, talking about uh, Michael Rappaport's family history. And this is uh, uh, what is the source? The YouTube channel is called Celebrity Family. Celebrity Family. That's it. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Michael David Rappaport was born on the 20th of March, 1970, in New York City, United States. His mother, June Brody, was a radio personality in New York. His father, David Rappaport, was a radio executive and the general manager of the all disco format at the radio station WKTU Disco 92. He has a brother, Eric Rappaport, and half-sister, Claudia Lenau. Claudia is also an actor and TV producer. Rappaport's parents later divorced and his mother married comedian Mark Lanau. Michael Rappaport spent his childhood in the Upper East Side neighborhood of Manhattan. His family has roots in Russia and Poland. In 1989, at the age of 19, Michael Rappaport moved to Los Angeles hoping to become a stand-up comedian. His stepfather, Mark Lano, was the co-owner of the comedy club franchise The Improv. This helped Rappaport get an opening as a comedian. 
1990, Rappaport made his TV debut with the series China Beach. He played Kravis in the episode One Small Step. In 1999, Rappaport played Gary in four episodes of the popular NBC comedy series Friends. From 2007 to 2008, Rappaport played the recurring character Frank Stump in the series My Name is Earl. From 2008 to 2009, he was part of the cast of the Fox crime thriller series Prison Break. In 2000, Rappaport married writer and producer Nicole Beatty. Soon they had two sons, Giuliani Ali Rappaport and Monsieur Shane Rappaport. The couple divorced in 2007. In 2016, Rappaport married Kevin Dunn, who was his girlfriend for a long time. They have no children together. Okay. So, as I said, it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's not whether you're talented or not, it's just whether you're connected. So you heard his father. His father was the executive at a, at a radio station. His mother was a radio personality. Um, and his stepfather was a comedian that owned a comedy club, uh, you know, was a co-owner of a chain of comedy clubs. So, I mean, he, you know, that's that's pretty much his foot in the door. Right. So this is what happened. They, they you know, they, they put him they put him in the position that he's in. And even then, he hasn't been a real successful actor. He's been a he's been a bit part player in in small parts and B movies. And uh, as far as his family history goes, if you look at his his first wife, I don't know what his second wife looks like, but if you look at his first wife, uh, let's just say that uh, the movie that he played in Zebrahead uh, was a good depiction of his uh, of his real life. Except for the fact that he didn't grow up in an inner city school system and he didn't live in a rough neighborhood. He grew up in the Upper East Side uh, to wealthy parents. So all this tough, I'm a street guy type of stuff is just him talking out of his ass. He's not a street guy. He's not a tough guy. He's just a shit-talking fool. Um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's Malibu's most wanted um, in real life. If anybody ever saw the movie Malibu's Most Wanted, that's exactly what he is. Absolutely disgusting. He's a wannabe. He, he wants to be something he's not. So, and that includes being an actor. He's definitely no goddamn actor. All right, let's see. Okay, so this scumbag, uh, he goes after uh, Trump's kids in this next one. Um Let's see here. Clip five, Re Revenge of the Sis, making fun of Michael Rappaport, acting like a tough guy. Here it is. People want to get back to work ASAP. You never worked a fucking day in your life. And what if you You're worried about Dick Ritchie? Dick Ritchie. this man. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's worked every day of his life. Four years. You need to be worried about the next four days, motherfucker. You need to be worried about the next four weeks, the he next four months, guy. you motherfucker. You are the worst possible motherfucker we could have in power making decisions, decisions right now. The real people want to get back to work. Why don't you send your fucking son, Dick Stain Donald Trump Jr., big tooth fucking Eric Trump, little fucking Baron, fucking Ivanka, Junkyard Jared. Let them go out there and test the fucking waters 
Let them see if shit is sweet. Let them take the cars, the trains, the buses, the Amtraks. Let them play in the park and everything. The Amtraks. First of all, I'm tired of hearing about uh, how to avoid viruses from Mike Rappaport, a man who has herpes. Okay, Uh, pause. Second. Yeah, if you if you see, and it's going to be in one of the. It's, I did a collage of uh, Michael Rappaport for the for the cover art on uh, on uh, Spotify. If you see <laughs> this cover art photo, the photo that they're talking about, he has this huge herpes blister right below his bottom lip on his face. I mean, the thing looks like a goddamn volcano. Um, so. <laughs> he's been doing but whatever it is i don't know if it involves penis or, or vagina but whatever it is uh it involved herpes as well so you know every time he kisses his uh kisses some girl or some guy on the on the mouth or on the on the wherever you know he's he's, he's giving those people possible herpes according to that uh that picture so yeah he's 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 constantly given medical advice. He's given all sorts of advice. And again, as usual, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Donald Trump has worked since he was a young kid. If you've ever seen, if you've ever seen the, uh, the biography of Donald Trump, he was worked since the beginning. The fuck is he talking about? I'll tell you somebody who probably hasn't worked, and that's Michael Rappaport. He's had everything handed to him. But yeah, he's a man of the people. He's a, he's a man of the streets. He, he, does, he, he can't relate to, uh, you know, Donald Trump. Uh, you're not rich and successful like Donald Trump, but you've had shit handed to you. That's for goddamn sure. Okay, continue with the clip. When does anybody is anybody enjoying this gimmick he does? This no, of course not. But he's still doing it, and, and that's the thing. Like, I understand like doing this for like a skit or for like one video, but th- this is who he is. Yeah. He's a Jewish wigger. Yeah, and tough guy. By the way, I will punch you in your face, old man. Like, stop trying to be tough guy. Like, you're you're a brittle old man with herpes. I will punch you right in the fucking face. I'm so tired of this. Like, hey, listen, motherfucker. Why don't you give fucking disease to fucking Baron Dick Stain, Donnie? You fuck. I, I, like, so sick of this guy. Why are you so angry? Don't you have money? Like, stop. You have a family. You money? Why are you acting like a fucking jerk off all the time? Pause. Fringe. He's acting like a, he's not acting like a jerk off, as you just said. He is a jerk off. He's doing this tough guy stuff. He's not a tough guy. He's never been a tough guy. His entire goddamn life, he's never been a tough guy. And we're we, you know, there's going to be you know, we we have some clips that we have a clip that shows what a fucking coward he is. But he's never been a tough guy. He always does this tough guy persona. Because you know he hangs out with black people, and he want you know I'm I'm down with the hood and all this other bullshit. He's a fucking idiot. He's a wannabe. He's a wigger. He's a he's a he's a he's an imposter. You know he the people that and there was a guy in the, the movie Zebrahead that complained that he was trying to steal black culture. He is he that's exactly what he's doing. And you know what? He can't even complain about us calling him a wigger. And I'll tell you why because. The, the little stupid music intro that he does for his podcast. Uh, it, it, part of it is his wigger, please. <laughs> so even he knows what he is. He knows exactly what he is. He knows what he is. He's a fucking moron. And yet he's, he's not a tough guy. He's, I'm sure he talks all sorts of shit on, uh, on, on, you know, on 
on camera for the for YouTube and for the YouTube shorts and all that, he's not going to get in somebody's face that he thinks is going to kick his ass. He's not going to do that. All right. Go ahead and continue the clip, unless you have something to say. Yep. Let's continue. A-Rock over the last... I'm saying, everybody walking the face of the earth trying to judge J-Rock. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? But I ain't shook, because the fuckers try to take me on and stuff. But they can't, right? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Too many times. 80 or 90 times. Too many times, man. Once or twice is cool, but... 80 or 90 times, man? What are you from the... And that's a... Department of Norm Sanders? Taking the Norm Sanders? That's... You taking no, a norm census? You taking a norm census? But the thing is, the, J, the guy that's J-Rock is just a funny, he's doing a bit, like, have you ever heard him talk? He's like, hey, yeah, I love doing trailers. Yeah, he's an actor. He's a legit actor. Yeah, you know who's not a legit actor? Michael Rappaport. Test the fucking waters. Let them see if shit is sweet. Let them take the cars, the trains, the buses, the Amtrak. The Amtraks, the rickshaws. The motorcycles. Yeah, let him take a fucking donkey. I don't care. <laughs> fucking dick stay Donald. Why'd you, take, <laughs> why'd you take a fucking paraglider and fucking gyroscope through fucking New York City? Shut up. What about those yeah. city bikes? Fucking fake old tough man. Nobody should be talking tough once they hit their 50s and 60s. You need to stop it. Stop it. play in the park and everything's good. If everything's good after five days of them playing out there in the streets... We'll all go back there. You want to make the well, the thing is with all these sons that you're talking about, Mr. Rappaport, um, Mike, if I don't, if you don't mind, uh, is that those are his real sons. If, imagine if Donald Trump used his fake son to fight with people on Twitter and people thought it was hilarious. Exactly. Like, that's more embarrassing. Wouldn't you even the you, bigger thing? It would be embarrassing, like, if you were married to this man. Or if this man was your father, right? Like, <laughs> or if you work for him and he sexually assaulted you and then he talks down to other people. Yeah, pause for a second. Pause for a second. I don't. Yeah, he's known for sexually assaulting people that work for him. <clears throat> That's his rap. Oh, I'm sorry, his rep. That's his rep. His reputation is that he sexually assaults people that work for him. It's not really a surprise. I mean, you know, the guy's got, again, looked like the guy had a, a, a herpes sword the size of a fucking small volcano um, right on his goddamn face, right around his mouth. <laughs> right around his fucking mouth. Oh my god, so sick. So yeah, he, he's 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 nothing. He's absolutely nothing. He is. He's the. You know what he is? He is the. I want to be a street tough guy version of uh, Paris Hilton. Right. He's the male Paris Hilton. Well, they made another uh, good point. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just say go ahead. Oh, I was. Gonna, I th I thought they made another good point that they're like, look, you're you're fifty. I, I don't understand why you would have a tough guy shtick past that. You know, <laughs> there there seems to be a certain age where, why would you want to act tough? And obviously, if you want to act tough at fifty, it probably shows that you weren't tough. Regardless, you weren't tough at any time. You know, right? And and you know what? When you, I, I'm almost fifty two. Again, me and Michael Rapport are basically the same age. I've got other shit to do, man. My whole days of trying to go around, trying to be a tough guy and get people's faces and, and all that shit, <clears throat> that stuff, if you're, let me put it to you this way. If you're still acting this way by the time you're 30 years old, you've got fucking serious problems. All right. If you turn 30 years old and you're still acting the way Michael Rappaport does, you got serious goddamn problems. And he's 22 years past that. So what does that tell you? Okay, go ahead and play the next clip. Stand like uh, yeah. hmm? Go ahead and continue. 
anybody who could live in a house with this guy and not be embarrassed. American people, guinea people, guinea pigs, so you could get reelected? You fucking clown. And people, if you fall for this shit, shame on you. If you still fall for this shit, shame on you. This guy doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. He's talking about the next four years. What about you? Yeah, you what don't, do you care you, about? You don't care about anybody. Yeah, you don't care about anybody but yourself, Mikey. Yeah, who the fuck do you care about, Mike? Not the women you you, you allegedly groped. Yeah, or not care about them. Or not the women you absolutely did stalk. Yeah, because <laughs> you were. You, you know, don't give a shit about <laughs> them, Mike. Fucking stalking Mike Rappaport. Mr. Rappaport, you fucking had to harass your ex girlfriend until she contacted the police. This aging fucking wigger is one of the most embarrassing people. And then when he got when we when, I, when we caught him using his fake son. He was trying to double down. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? You're a bit stupid. He's so crazy. This is dumb. He's embarrassed. Like, again, he's, he is, I'm embarrassed for him. Mm -hmm. he, I'm embarrassed for him. And, and it's, and, and by the way, don't think that this is either like, because he's going after Trump that we're going after him. I don't care if he was talking like he was talking about Barack Obama. This is embarrassing. The whole Wigger act is embarrassing. You've made a career at screaming into the camera. You can't even turn it sideways, you fucking, you goddamn boomer. Figure your shit out, man. I don't care how many shitty movies you were in. I don't care how long your fucking IMDb is. There's a lot of people with long IMDb's that are fucking losers, and you're a fucking loser. The amount of money you have in your bank doesn't fucking make you anything. There's a, Gal, Gal Gadot has a lot of money. Everyone's saying that Imagine video is fucking loaded, man. But they're fucking morons, and you're one of them. Well, look at Rappaport's resume right now, too. I'm sure she doesn't have that much money. I don't <laughs> you know, know what I mean? I, I honestly don't know. He hasn't been in a fucking big movie <clears throat> the 90s, Royce. Like, I'm sure he has money. I'm not saying he's broke. But for Hollywood, he's broke. For Hollywood, he's not a fucking... You know what I mean? There, there's plenty of outings. 12 million. That's, that's according and, and to that's, network. And that's usually wrong. Celebrity network. And that's usually wrong. Yeah, so let's probably say he's worked maybe north of three. Is probably what he's liquid. He's yeah. not fucking balling. Less hard. now after the fuck is all these people, all these guys always shit on human life's worth more than the stock market. They have all their money in the stock market. I, by the way, so I can feel it coming in the air in the chat. Says Mike Rappaport's the kind of guy who, after reading Tortoise of the Hare, puts the book down and goes, If I was that hair, I would have blown that fucking turtle out of the water. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, he's so embarrassing. This motherfucker, we're trying to figure out what to do with the next. Four hours, you fucking pimp, you con man, you too big, good for nothing pimp. Hey Royce, I, I don't, I, I think, I think he doesn't like Donald Trump. He's the one that's talking like Cat Williams. Why is he making some making fun of somebody being a pimp? By the way, I, uh, Scarface said he had uh, season five of Justified. He wasn't in the whole season. He was in a few episodes. Yes. And if I had to, if I were a bet man, I would say old Daddy Rappaport didn't get as much for doing that as he did doing Deep Blue Sea. So let's stop pretending like a show on FX that's moderately successful was paying Mike Rappaport all kinds of money. You know why they had Mike Rappaport on Justified? Because that show had a budget. And Mike Rappaport is a budget star. He's a discount fucking actor. Yeah, again, and he's I like I like how he cares about every man. Somebody in the chat pointed out, like Michael Rappaport has a nine to five. Yeah, seriously. 
Like Michael Rappaport's getting up in the morning and commuting to work. Shut up. These celebrities all act like, oh, yeah, what? You don't have 300 grand just chilling in your fucking checking account? Just on you? What are you late? Yeah, like, you know, you don't have 20 grand in cash on you right now? Like, ew. They're like, these people don't want to go back to work. They want to live. No, dickhead. A lot of people want to go fucking back to work. A lot of people are really scared, and a lot of people are going to be unemployed. A lot of if you don't think homelessness is going to spike, like there's going to be homeless people out here in the next couple of months that we have to legitimately feel bad. And for. they're going to be white. Yeah, that like seriously, like legitimate, like homeless. Pe- well, I got to go back to feeling bad for now. I got to go back to when I pass a homeless person. I got to figure out if I got to feel bad for them or not. <laughs> At least when the economy was booming, it was uh, I was going American Psycho on them. Oh yeah, well get a goddamn job, Al. Yeah, excellent, excellent guy. You know, I, I'm a fan of that show now. I really am. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Revenge of the Sis. You got to listen to it. It's it's excellent. Those guys know what the fuck they're talking about. But you can't be that up on. I don't know because a lot of times I feel like Carl knows what he's talking about, and yet he kissed he kissed all over uh, Michael Rappaport's ass till it was black and blue. So uh, I could be wrong, but. Um, if if the rest of their opinions are anything like their take on Michael Rappaport, man, I'm a fan for life. Excellent, 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 gentlemen. Couldn't be happier with your take on on scumbag, wigger, uh, Michael Rappaport. More power to you. Keep on, keep the go, keep up the good work. So yeah, there's people starving out in the streets. Oh, I don't want to catch some kind of uh, you know possible flu-like disease. Uh, I'd rather starve to death. No. I'd rather lose my home. I'd let, rather lose my business than take the take the chance. No, not everybody's saying that. Not everybody can lay back on their uh, on the money that uh, mommy and daddy helped them uh, accumulate over a, a lifetime of uh, shitty movies and uh, you know be tell. I mean, Justified Justified was a shit show. It, it it really was. It was a bargain basement show. It was low budget, and they had uh, they had you know they they brought in somebody like Michael Rappaport because you can get him for goddamn pocket change. It's not because he's some, it's not because he's Sir Lawrence, Sir Lawrence Olivier. He's just some jackass. He's a, he's a place filler. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to my initial kind of critique of, uh, who are these podcasts and that, look, you see that his, his behavior is incredibly obnoxious. And I guess this is in general, but how the hell is who are these podcasts who we think are so astute at, to? Uh, or Carl in particular, that's so astute at uh, calling out people for absolute nonsense, and then he finds Mike finds something about Michael Rappaport incredibly endearing. You know, I mean, right. I don't understand what's going on here. It's just, uh, I, I think it's that he likes like trollish behavior, but he doesn't realize that uh, it's ultimately a lot of it's ultimately just incredibly obnoxious. You know, well, and the crazy part is, is that it's not like he sees something in Michael Rappaport that the rest of us don't see. And he's like, well, you know what? I think this part, I think you're not, you think you're missing out on these qualities. No, he's saying the same shitty qualities that the rest of us absolutely fucking despise about Michael Rappaport. Those are the qualities that he loves. Right. He loves that the guy's a a fucking obnoxious blowhard jackass that, that talks out of his ass and doesn't, doesn't know anything about what he's talking about. He's just rambling off like a fool. Yeah. And trying to pretend like he's black at the same time. It's very strange. And that's, those are the things he loves. He loves it about the Michael Rappaport. Well, I think what he might like is that uh, he always references with Howard Stern will just uh, kind of ride the employees, which there's kind of this weird irony. And obviously this isn't uh, Carl, like a somewhat tangential, but uh, 
he likes that with him, but he constantly shits on John. And his whole thing is that, oh, John's a particularly obnoxious person. He rides in everyone. He ruins everything for everyone. I'm like, okay, so the point is, is that John John rides on people that you don't, I guess, have some affinity for. Whereas because uh, Michael Rappaport does it to people you don't like, you, you have an affinity for them, even though they're both incredibly obnoxious. You know? Right. Okay, so the next clip is clip six. And it is uh, Michael Rappaport criticizing Laura Ingram. It's one of those uh, YouTube short things he does on, you know, his little rants on YouTube. Laura Ingram, the Fox News reporter, you filthy pig, you dog-faced animal. Remember Laura Ingram just a year ago at the Republican National Convention throwing up the Nazi salute? Look at this. Check this out. Look, look, look at the Aryan pinup girl. This okay, is pause. the same Laura Ingram who just... Pause. Okay, so if you watch it, she's waving to the fucking crowd. The same thing that, that Hillary Clinton's done, the same thing that Chelsea Clinton's done, same thing that all women do. It's a certain way that they raise their hand and they wave to the crowd, you know, across the crowd to make sure they wave to everybody. It's not the goddamn Nazi salute, you fucking moron, unless you think that, uh, that, uh, <clears throat> unless you think that Barack Obama and Joe Biden and all the women that they know also do the Nazi salute. You're, you're so, such a stupid piece of shit. Laura Ingram is such a good person and uh, so level-headed and reasonable. And, and that's why some scumbag like you hates her. Okay, go ahead. A few weeks ago said that LeBron James and Kevin Durant and these athletes should just shut up and dribble. And then I said infamously that you should shut up and uh, dribble these nuts. Remember her? And now Laura Ingram, this savage, this dog, this mutt, and this has nothing to do with her looks. It has to do with her behavior, the things that she exudes. She's a sweaty pig. She's going after this high school student. Who do you like, Laura, huh? You obviously have an affinity for Dick Stain, Donald Trump, but who do you like? Why don't you go away, go back to the swamps, to the sewage system, to the ravine that you crawled out of, you fucking pig, you. Yeah, so he hates her for just simply because she's not on the same political side that he is. She hasn't done anything. She has done absolutely nothing. She's a good person. Yeah, I like how he keeps calling her ugly, and then he says, and well, then he qualifies it by saying, "Well, I don't mean she's actually ugly. I mean, she's yeah, she's actually pretty goddamn good looking." So <laughs> anybody that's seen late eyes on her before knows that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Well, I just thought it's funny that he explicitly keeps. Uh, doing stuff that insults her appearance and he's like well i actually mean that uh, she's ugly in like a, a, a physical figurative way i'm like what <laughs> it's like somebody like calls like somebody names their appearance thing. i mean that figuratively well it, what it is is he's limited he, he's limited intellectually he's not very smart and so all he can do is, is say these things in, in the in the crude vulgar manner that he says them he, he's not intelligent enough to make truly uh cutting remarks and so he makes the type of remarks that you'd see, you know, somebody make on a subway or somebody make in a back alley or or something like that. He's pretended to be a street guy for so long that uh, that he that, you know he he's limited in what he can say, what he can do. He's he's very intellectually limited. He's not a very smart. He's not a very smart person. He's just not. He's just not. Uh, he's not a talented actor. He's not a smart person. And that's just the way it is, unfortunately. And so the only thing he has left is is that use uh, vulgar remarks and and stupid, uh, you know, name calling to criticize people he doesn't like, even if he doesn't really have any specifics to criticize them about. Yeah. 
So it's it's sad and pathetic, but then again, Michael Rappaport's sad and pathetic. Right. Okay, so the next one is clip seven. TMZ Sports. Dave Portnoy, Portnoy explains why he had to fire Michael Rappaport. What really caused for you guys to part ways with Rappaport? I know he had that comment about stoolies. I didn't know if it was like a, a culmination of things that have happened, you know, uh, ever since he joined you guys. Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's a culmination. It, it was that comment. Um, and, you know, it, 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 he basically insulted our entire fan base to a degree and everything that we've gotten to get to this point. Um, so it, what, that, that, was, that was the ultimate deal breaker. It's an experiment. We tried with my, like my, uh, but that one, when you basically say you're a loser if you're a stoolie or you say that you're a stoolie in real life, however he says it, I mean, that's, that's who pays our bills. That's how we've gotten this far. And I love our fan base. Without him, we'd be nowhere. So that's what did it. I would say he was a contributor. I mean, he, he wasn't based in New York, uh, and he still has all his acting career and stuff that he does that we were not part of. Uh, so he was basically paid to make viral little rants about different subjects as well as we uh, repped his podcast. He was under contract. He was? What was the so yeah. the contract was just for like contributing and doing his videos and, and the podcast, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I think the contract, uh, he, he was under contract with us, I think, through April or something like that. This is completely real, the whole thing? Totally real. Totally real. I mean, I, I didn't get personal with him, but if for people who were following the back and forth on Twitter, I mean, it was very personal with some of our other employees and bloggers here at Barstool and him. I mean, I don't think that would ever be made up for drama. I mean, they were going to the throat. Didn't really happen with me and Mike, but no, it was... It was very real. I think anybody who paid attention to how this unfolded and the way it went uh, would know that this was this was very much the real deal. I don't have necessarily any hard feelings for him. It's just, again, it's if you're going to insult our entire fan base and people who like Barstool, it doesn't make much sense necessarily for uh, these same people to be paying your bills and supporting your podcast and doing all this. It just makes no sense. Uh, it's safe to say I think the Michael Rappaport experience was uh, – was an utter and complete train wreck in a very barstool way. Okay, so again, that was TMZ interviewing uh, Dave Portnoy, the um, CEO and creator of Barstool Sports. And the reason why he fired uh, Michael Rappaport was there were several reasons. There were several contributing factors. There was a bunch of incidents, uh, but one of them was is the I guess the final straw was is when he was saying that. Uh, Anybody that was a, uh, a a stoolie, which I guess is the the you know their little catchphrase for the fans you know, of uh, barstool sports, uh, are are fools or jackasses or morons, um, you know, complete idiots. And so, you know, I, he's he's another one of those people that thinks that he can. Hello. Yes. He's another one of those people that thinks that he can make fun of the fans, that he can talk down to the fans. And as Dave Portnoy said, that those are the people that, if without the fans, you, you, they wouldn't exist. That's the whole point. You, you can't make fun of your customers. You can't make fun of your fans and think that that's going to fly. And so, you know, there was a bunch of other shit with, with, uh, with Michael Rappaport, of course. And then it culminated in him uh, making fun of the entire fan base of, uh, of Barstool Sports. So they, they had to fire his ass. I mean, they would be stupid not to. Right. Well, it kind of gets back to the 
I guess the hypocrisy of Rappaport and that he keeps saying that Trump's entitled and that uh, he's not doing anything or he cares for nobody else. But he gets a job where he's literally just putting up videos and and that and he calls uh, everyone that watches those videos scum or everyone that watches it from that company scum. Right. Because he thinks he can say whatever he wants to say and get away with it and that he doesn't have to show anybody respect. And the fact that he got his ass fired and some of the people at uh, at uh, Barstool Sports would like to shove one of those Barstools up his ass sideways uh, shows that uh, that he was wrong. Right. There's limitations on what you can do. And everybody doesn't think your bullshit's cute. Carl, Carl from WATP notwithstanding. Okay, so the next one is going to, next clip is going to be clip eight, and that is Gilbert, I think I'm saying his last name right. Yeah, Gilbert. Arianas? Well, whatever. So he's discussing the Kevin Durant versus Michael Rappaport private message argument. Now, this was a, and this, the source is, uh, this is coming from a video, uh, DJ Vlad interviewed him about this video. I'm sorry about this incident. And uh, so DJ Vlad, uh, that's the source. And, you know, the thing is, is that there was an argument between, um, you know, Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport. And whatever you think, whoever you think was right, whoever you think was wrong, um, it was between two men in a private DM. And Michael Rappaport made it uh, public because Michael Rappaport is a coward and a fool. And he was trying to hurt. He was trying to hurt Kevin Durant's uh, career. I, I, I believe. And they, they fined Kevin Durant. I believe a lot of money. And that's all due to the the actions of. Uh, and of course, as as the one man said, I don't know if it was in this interview clip or another one that I didn't include. But uh, you know, is uh, is Michael Rappaport going to get fined? No. Is he going to get fired or fined? No. Uh, this might have been part of. Uh, the whole um, debacle with Barstool Sports. I'm not sure. This might be one of the incidents. Okay, so go ahead and end uh, and run the clip for me. Like I, I seen the, um, it was like, was it Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant and who was it in the DM going at each other? Um, is it Rappaport? Yeah. They were going at each Mike, other. Mike Rappaport, yeah. And um, Kevin Durant gets fined 50 grand. For what? Having a fucking grown man conversation between two adults? That's a private conversation. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is that, that, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, you... I mean, listen, I, I've interviewed Michael Rapport. You know, we, we, you know, we message each other from time to time. And I, I thought that that was not cool by Mike posting these these private DMs. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I honestly thought that was not cool. Especially since they seem to have some level of relationship uh-huh. with each other. You know what I'm saying? But, but, it's, but the NBA, why are you finding him? Do you, you think Mike's Mike's job find him no. for this? No. So why are you finding this guy for? Like it should be an equal. Don't, don't like, like if if Mike gets fined, then you find Kevin. If nothing happens to Mike, nothing happens to Kevin. That's just period. You gotta be, you gotta be fair. Stop like, yeah. it's like stop going after the guy with the money to prove a point. The only point you proved is. You know, and I'm just gonna stop fucking with people. Period. You know, it's just yeah. I mean, well, that, that's <laughs> what happens. The more rich and famous you get, you just start fucking with less people. Yeah. Because I mean, shit, I've been sued. You know, what I mean, for stupid shit. <laughs> like it's like y'all just didn't even happen. 
Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember someone sued me, and in the paperwork they said I'm part of the Russian mafia, <laughs> and they got a settlement out of that shit for my insurance company. I'm like the Russian mafia. I have a fucking successful internet company. <laughs> like, yo, like you want to see my taxes? What I do is common knowledge. Yeah. But yet here I am. Dealing with this bullshit because we because we, we pay, I don't even know any Russian mafia members. Like, you know? We pay for it to go away. We pay for it to go away, and that's and that's what people that's what people understand that yeah we pay for it to go away because it's less of a headache. Okay, we open. That's exactly right, and it was cowardly. It was a cowardly, weaselly thing to do for Michael Rappaport to make those make the what it was is he got scared. He got scared because Kevin Durant would eat Michael Rappaport alive. And, and Michael Rappaport knows it. So he talked a lot of shit in text, and then he got scared. Right. And so instead of instead of just shutting the fuck up or apologizing or avoiding Kevin Durant, instead he makes it public. Yeah, I, I think he said something to the effect of uh, Kevin Durant said something like, if I see you in public, I'm beating your ass or I'm slapping you. Yeah. And... Uh, Rappaport immediately divulged it and said, hey, I'm okay with some banter, but I don't play along with this, which, I mean, my main gripe is, once again, this is a guy who, I guess, uh, purports to be a tough guy, and then when somebody says, nope, we're fighting over this, he immediately just divulges, and he's like, hey, this isn't okay. You can't be doing this. You know? <laughs> you can't, even though I've threatened you several times, and then we went back and forth about how we'll fight, and I, I'm not worried about you and all this other shit. I've talked all this shit. At the end of it, I, we were just playing. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. We weren't playing. You're a shit talker. You talk too much shit. And and now now the you know, you know, your you your your mouth wrote a check that your ass can't cash. And instead of being a fucking man, you're gonna divulge it to everybody so that you can protect yourself because now you're 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 putting a buffer out there. You're saying, Hey, but if anything happens to me, I don't even want it to happen. I don't want to be a part of this. You know, Kevin Durant's the one threatening me. I've already said, Hey, let's not do this. And so that's that's one of the things he's doing. The other thing that he's doing is is that he's he's uh you know he's 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 it's his cowardly way out. Right. It's his cowardly way out. It's it's his way of of, of making Kevin Durant look bad and acting like that, oh, this is just uh, joking around. No, it wasn't joking around. You talk so much shit to everybody over the online uh and and on video, and then when it when it gets real, that's when it's time to complain and and uh and, and expose everybody. Yeah. What a what a fake tough guy. What a what a pe what a cowardly weasley piece of shit. Right. So you get in a fight with with uh, Michael Rappaport. Plan on on first of all plan on him pressing charges. Second of all plan on him trying to sue you and trying to destroy your life and your career. Plan on that. Yeah. Because that's exactly the type of person he is and that's been that's been proven. And supposedly he was somewhat friendly with this guy when they when this happened. Uh, I think at one point he was friendly. I think uh, then he just started talking a bunch of shit to him. Right. Yeah, he's a he's a really good basketball player though. I, I guess as a kind of an aside, I would probably disagree with that, uh, or maybe they were just saying in a just world where they're like, oh, they should be equally fine. I'm like, well, Kevin Durant's like one of the figureheads of like a of a basketball of the NBA, which does a bunch of stupid outreach to kids and stuff. And I guess you don't want somebody saying, I'm going to beat your ass when I see you in public, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can understand that. I just think that, yeah, I, I just think that, that Michael Rappaport was taking advantage. 
Uh, Michael Rappaport didn't have to pay any money. Kevin Durant has to pay $50,000. And, and I, I realize what you're saying. They're in different positions and it's completely different, but um, it's still fucked up. And I, I'm so glad that the Barstool Sports fired Michael Rappaport. He actually, I, I, I just wish I just wish some of the employees would uh, actually, you know, Kevin Durant or some of the Barstool Sports people would actually um, put their words into actions. I think he was suspended for a game for that, which Kevin Durant's paid like something like forty million a year. Or so, and there's eighty-two games, so he lost probably like nearly, well, probably after taxes, probably like three, four hundred grand from that. Right. Right. Michael Rappaport. What did he lose? Right. Well, he's the same jackass he's always been. Yeah. He gains. That that's that's the thing with the scumbags like this. He gains. This this, this is good for him, because you know that gives him you know. People know about him. People hear about him that might have not known about him. People, you know, even though he looks like a coward and a weasel, um, he he still he gains notoriety off of it. You know, they say no publicity is bad publicity. I think that's his that's his whole shtick. He's going to scream and yell and and act like an asshole, and it's anything to gain attention. He's an attention whore. He knows he doesn't have the talent for for real decent attention. He doesn't. He doesn't have the acting talent. He's definitely not a comedian. Obviously, or he would have been a comedian. Uh, so you know, this is what he has to do. Right. Which it's, uh, sad, it's sad and pathetic that you have to build a career like that. Well, if you're not talented, that's what you have to do. Right. You know, it's kind of like that. You you know, you buy a dog. The big dogs hardly ever bark. Right. Why do the big dogs? I mean, if you get a pit bull. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of pit bulls, but if you get a pit bull or you get a, a Rottweiler or you get a Doberman Pinscher or you get something of, of, of substance, something big, uh, German Shepherd, something that doesn't play around, those dogs, believe it or not, rarely bark. They bark, but it's, it's not very often. You get a little squeaky, uh, you know, Chihuahua um, or a little Dachshund or some other small breed going around trying to act like a tough guy. You can't get them to shut the fuck up, and and that's Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport tries to hang out with the Rottweilers and the Pit Bulls and the Doberman Pinschers and the and the German Shepherds, pretending like he's one of them, and uh, he won't shut the fuck up trying to pretend. So I I I, I, I there was a video of him getting hit in the head with a snowball. And uh, somebody screaming off camera, shut the fuck up. I, I believe it was staged. I'm pretty sure it was staged. But uh, it would be nice if it wasn't. Sounds good. But again, he's attention. He's an attention horse. So, you know, he, he's the type of person that would have, have somebody stand off camera and pelt him in the head with a snowball. Because of all the people that love to hate him. And all the people watching the video going, yeah, I wish that was me. I wish I was the one hitting him in the fucking head with a snowball. So, I think we pretty much said everything we have to say about Michael Rappaport. Michael Rappaport, I can't wait until you just just go away. Just go the fuck away. Now, I remember one time Michael Rappaport was complaining to Gary on the, on the, on the wrap-up show or whatever. Why didn't you call me? Then you know it was it's Black History Month. And and Gary's Gary's re, you know response was, "Well, I didn't I didn't know you were black." <laughs> 
This isn't the 1990s. You're not, you're not, you're not somebody that's in any, any movies anymore. And I, I didn't know you were black. And of course, Michael Rapport, you don't have to be black to enjoy black history, month and blah, blah, blah. And he's a fucking moron. What a jackass. What a rube. So anything else you'd like to say about Michael Rappaport? Uh, I, I guess I'm still kind of mystified as to how you could get off on this or I guess his like low IQ followers, like his lowbrow takes, but uh, I don't know. I guess there are a lot of morons out there. But I would say that uh, the one thing that mystifies me about all of this is that uh, he, he, it has to be somewhat of a turn on for people because he's, well, I mean, or I don't know what they what they like or find endearing is that uh, he does this kind of tough guy shtick, but uh I mean, it's evidenced by the Kevin Durant uh, debacle where he just leaked it. He leaked the tweets immediately when he said he was going to beat his ass. I mean, I don't understand how you square that together. That you like, you know, he's supposedly a tough guy. Well, it's the case that uh, that that tough guy shtick uh, has limits, uh, especially when uh, somebody actually wants to fight him, which seems like something an actual tough guy would do. But uh, I guess that goes for, I guess, the actual followers of uh, Michael Rappaport. Well, because it's it's like Revenge of the Sith. Set. I don't I don't know who is who on Revenge of the Sith. Two guys, <clears throat> but it's like it's like they said on there, you know, he's an old brittle man, and he's not beating anybody's ass. He's just not. He's not a tough guy. He's a, he's a, he's a shit talking guy, and if he was a tough guy, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have revealed the the, the private messages between him and Kevin Durant. But he's not. Right. He's a goddamn joke and, and not a good one. Right. Uh, and please, for the for anybody out there in the movie industry or the television industry, if you have any more scenes like The Kiss of Death where Michael Rappaport or where somebody's going to get beat to death, please consider Michael Rappaport. Please contact his agent. Stuff's like snuff porn. It's awesome. All right. That being said... Uh, do you have anything else to say? I think I'm done with Michael Rappaport uh, for now anyway, unless he says something else that I'd like to take issue with. He's, he says so much stuff I'd like to take issue with, which I think is his whole shtick. He's a low life. Uh, not really. I think the last time I heard him was like uh, probably this time last year when the Kevin Durant uh, uh, thing happened. And I still occasionally pay attention to Howard Stern. And uh, I guess he's somewhat of a fixture on there. But uh that's probably it. I, the, the thing, my main takeaway is how the hell, and I still have to watch this episode, but how the hell did Carl like anything that he, that, uh, he, that uh, Rappaport does or find it endearing? That really, this has been a, I, it might be one of my favorite podcasts, but uh, we're really, over this last week, I'm really starting to rethink things about Carl. <laughs> I am too. I was such a fan. And then somebody said to me, oh, what, you're going to go back three years or however many years it was to, to find, to complain about what he said about, uh, Carl Ruiz's death and his uh, taunting of uh, Opio over his grief of uh, Carl, his best friend Carl Ruiz's death. I, no, I didn't. I didn't go back three years. I, I simply I like to listen to old episodes because I'm a fan. I listen to new episodes and I listen to old episodes <clears throat> because I'm a fan. And I happened to come across the uh, the two where the, well I came across more than that, but the main two that I wanted to pick where he didn't give Opie any slack when it, and mocked uh, the, his uh, grief of the death of his best friend. I, I thought that was wrong. I thought that was over the line. So I complained about that. And now I was excited. I was like, again, I was elated. I couldn't believe, wow, that's excellent. So 
you know, Carl and who are these podcasts? They're going to really, really, really fucking rip Michael Rappaport, a new one, for being a jackass. And they talked about him being a jackass, but they love the fact that he was a jackass. It's not like they even have a different take on what on what he does. It's not, again, like I said earlier, it's not like they, they listened to the show and they found, you know, little gems or parts of his personality that not everybody else is seeing. Or, or they, you know, they... They they think all the things he does is exactly the, all the things that I think he does, and and and, and p other people think he does, except for they think it's it's funny and they think it's cool and they think he's entertaining. It's it's the strangest thing. Yeah, it really is. I would just say to the the point about Opie, where they kept doing like, oh, you had to go all this way back to find a video to show Carl's hypocrisy or something. Or that Carl did something wrong, and I'm like, okay, well, it's not every day that uh, one of the main people he makes fun of uh, has a tragedy in their life. And right. the one time I, the one time it happened, uh, Carl responded like an absolute shithead troll and just made fun of him for it. You know, exactly. There's a lot of people I hate. <clears throat> There's a lot of people I've criticized. A lot of people criticize me. I would not make fun of somebody's the death of somebody's best friend, <clears throat> especially somebody who I've never had any conflict with. If you had major conflict, yeah, the, the the insults back and forth can go pretty pretty deep. But if you've had no conflict with this person and you just enjoy mocking them, can't you take a fucking break on this one thing? Apparently, apparently the answer is no, which is a sad shame. It doesn't say much for Carl. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Kevin left the show. Maybe. All right, I think we've said pretty much everything we have to say. Um, Shuli still sucks. That's not going to change. Tom Myers is still the worst comedian in the world. And uh, just a little teaser, the next episode after this one is going to be um, the Second Amendment guns. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about the different states that have constitutional carry which means it limit it reduces or completely eliminates all the requirements in in that state for um, training to own a gun permit. Uh, you can conceal carry, um, pretty much whatever you want to do, and you don't have to tell the cops that you're you're armed, even if you're in a car. So, we're going to talk about all that, and we're going to give our take on that, and that'll be the next episode. All right. This has been the Conservative Atheist Podcast. Again, this episode was called I Hate Michael Rappaport. Again, because I hate Michael Rappaport. Uh, we drop a podcast Monday through Friday. Uh, so Sunday going into Monday after 12.01 a.m. Monday morning, Eastern Standard Time, New York City time. And the last one goes from Thursday night into Friday morning. So uh, after 12.01 a.m. Uh, Friday morning, early Friday morning in the middle of the night, and again, that's Eastern Standard Time uh, or New York City Time, however you would prefer to say it. And uh, they last anywhere from an hour to two hours to three hours, depending on the topic we were discussing, depending on the guests that we're interviewing, uh, depending on a lot of factors, a lot of factors. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you listen to more. Uh, they're free episodes, obviously. And I've even added another free bonus episode for Saturdays. And I call that Moronic Roundtable Discussions. And it's basically morons, a, a huge group of morons talking about things, uh, some serious, some ridiculous. And in all cases, they have absolutely no idea what the hell they're talking about, which is abundantly clear. 
And it's both amusing and annoying at the same time. So it's hilarious and, and aggravating. So a lot of people listen to it, so apparently they like it. All right. And, uh, you know, some of them, is, uh, it's all sorts of things. Flat Earth and how do we know gravity's real and birds aren't real, birds are drones and just all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, the government's trying to kill us through vaccines. Just the most bonehead, convoluted nonsense you could ever come up with. And then some. All right, I think that's it. Uh, one last thing before we ramp up, though. Tonight, when you're laying on your back in the dark and you're drifting off into sleep and you're staring up at the ceiling, I want you to repeat this mantra. Conservative atheist is always right. 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 And in the morning, when you wake up, you're going to feel like a renewed, refreshed person. The sun is going to shine brighter. The air is going to be crisper. The flowers are going to smell sweeter. The birds are going to sing your name. And all will be right with the world. And if it's not, as always, you're just not listening to enough conservative atheist podcast. So you got to get on the ball. All right, you knuckleheads. We'll catch you next time.